Welcome to Dualistic Unity with Andrew and Ray. This is Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Ray. So this is our very first conversation. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, just to give you a bit of history, Andrew and I have only uh, known each other or known of each other for the last couple of weeks. I had the pleasure of running across Andrew's content on TikTok, and it just blew my mind. The fact that he was so clear and, and concise about the insights that he was having and his intention to spread those insights for the joy that it might bring other people. So in in wanting to spread that message a little bit more, of course, that my own content is uh, of a similar fashion. So I contacted Andrew and we started talking. We had one interview, uh, which you can find on my YouTube channel, and we've spoken briefly twice since then. So this podcast, as it, uh, as it goes on, is going to be a journey of Andrew and I learning from each other and learning about each other. So as a listener, I hope that you enjoy the show and please, do submit any questions or comments that you have to us on social media so that we, we can include you in these conversations as we move forward. Certainly. Yeah. And just to give my perspective on finding Ray about two months ago, I started having sorts of insights. I started with realizing that I don't have a past to the degree that I think that I do. And, and this idea of what if I didn't have a past and then it's like, holy shit, if I don't have a past then maybe I'm not Andrew and I'm not confined to this body. I'm just aware of it and aware of its environment. So I'm not Andrew. I'm aware of Andrew, or I got to sort of the present awareness of Andrew, no past, no future, just present awareness. And I was talking to some friends about this. And one of them who I was talking to sent me a, a couple of videos and he was like, yo, this kind of sounds like what you're talking about. And it was a video of Ray from 2005 talking about his experience in the forest and that when he came out, he realized basically that there was no other and everyone he was meeting was just himself. And I was like, whoa, holy shit, that's exactly what I've been realizing and having insights about. And so I clicked through Ray's page. I was like, wow, this dude makes a lot of sense. Followed him, started commenting on some of his stuff. Maybe he you know, saw that or saw my page soon after. Um, and yeah, that's just my perspective of it, but again, super excited. Uh, another thing I think we're going to probably touch on is just, you know, the title dualistic unity and, and just the, the differences between us and how we came to all of this and got to this podcast and we are, couldn't be almost any more different on the surface of things. And yet we've come to similar insights. You started to a long time ago. I started to about two months ago. So very early. And I'm very grateful to have someone, you know, like you who I can bounce things off of because I get a lot of questions about these things. And I don't always know exactly what to say about them, quite frankly. Yeah, I hear you for sure. I mean, if, if there's anything I've learned in the last 20 years, it's that uh, the answer is actually not the point, right? It's the ever deepening question and, and just that state of being in the question without settling on an answer of just being aware right without holding on to any particular concept it's just so funny because 20 years ago i was i was roughly your age a little a little younger 20 years ago but i was roughly your age and so it's amazing to me that there's almost this window somewhere between like i don't know it's 15 16 and about 30 where we have a really good chance of breaking our programming we actually have a really good chance of, of stepping out of what's familiar because it hasn't kind of set into solid concrete yet. And yet when I work with clients who are older, 
they have such a harder time breaking those old familiar habits because they are so familiar because they are so set in stone over time. So when I ran across your channel and again, you're on point and you're enthusiastic, I just had to reach out because that that needs to be encouraged. It needs the flame, the flames of that enthusiasm need to be fanned. They need to be spread and, and they need to be spread more so now than any other time that I've seen in my life. Like when I first started waking up back 20 years ago, it was right after 9-11, right? So everything had changed. The, the entire world suddenly had become vastly more shut off. And I was waking up in that, trying to talk to people about this. And there was a few, a few, not many, but the majority was just just get back in the line like this doesn't make me feel safe. I want to feel safe. Stop stop talking about all these questions and let's just settle on what we're supposed to do. Just get to work, Ray, was often what I would get. I actually had somebody around my age call me a nonconformist. Sounds like an amazing compliment, <laughs> right? I'm like, I, I, but that was the whole thing. And, and it's because we didn't want to question it. There was a few, but not many. And now there's so many, so many people like you who are questioning it that I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation, Andrew. I really am. And, and again, the fact that you have so many questions means that I can sit here and just, you know, basically be myself because over the last 20 years, I, I've more or less just settled into silence for the most part. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like I, I love yeah, talking well, to people, but when I'm on my own, I talk to myself and it's just as good, if not better. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned the time period between 15 to 30, because it seems like after that sort of 30, even I'm getting to the point now with friends that I've had a couple of conversations in the last two months and they haven't really gone anywhere. Some of them have, um, and we've I've like sort of broken through some understandings, but some of them, it's not even close and it seems like after that you know 25 30 year old mark whenever it is that people just start saying that's just the way it is when you start asking questions and that response it's just the way it is has been becoming more and more interesting to me and it's like is it though is it really is it the way it is let's talk or about you that just, a bit yeah do you just don't want to get into it and you want to again stay safe and comfortable and and seemingly this illusion of sturdiness or whatever Stability. that's it right and yeah. and it's a shame because we often don't recognize that our our discomfort our suffering our conflict comes from that that desire to stagnate it comes from that desire to just settle on something and kind of nest until death and, and you know krishnamurti did a really good job of, of um, explaining this visual that living in the moment is very much like just being in the river. Whereas settling on a concept on an answer and an identity is like making a pool off to the side of the river that just stagnates and eventually turns to sludge. And, and that's very much the point because if we're not constantly being refreshed in the moment, we start to die inside, right? We start to, to come into conflict with everything. All of a sudden, everything around us is the problem because we no longer have this constant renewable source of insight. And so it's, yeah. it's difficult. And it's interesting that you're seeing that already because, um, and I know from, from when I was in my twenties, it was very frustrating. It was very frustrating to see more and more of my friends settling for the cheap high of, uh, egotistical superiority. Yeah. 
<laughs> been seeing quite a bit about that. And I'm, I'm not, I never describe myself as controversial, but recently it seems like based on responses that I get. And that how sounds much, controversial. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's becoming, and I do, I guess, you know, it's fair. I've, I've been posting about how there is no good or like just recently, because it's so fresh, I posted a video about how there's no good or bad and everything is just perception. And I've gotten, you know, five different people, at least that's what I've seen DMs about how it, it always comes back to killing and everyone's like, killing is objectively bad. And yeah. I went through, you know, uh, posted probably five videos on my Instagram story today talking about how it's still just your individual subjective perception. And there are scenarios where a lot of people would agree that killing is not bad. And at the end of the day, when it comes to good and bad, you can't see the future. So you can't know. And, and that's what it comes back to is you just can't predict the future. So anything in your life, you know, and it comes back to, there's so many things that it applies to like worry. You're worried because you think you know what's best. And so you worry that it will happen. You hope that it will happen. You fear that it won't happen, but you don't know what's best. So you might be worrying about the best case scenario. Yep. And it's just, it's, it's kind of puts your worried mind in this sort of pretzel because all of a sudden it's like, well, shit, what do I then do? I guess there's, no worry right and it's like nah, ding 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 that's it that's it. It, yeah. it, it uncertainty oddly enough is where you're at your best right and and, and that's it it's like you could worry because i had clients when i was life coaching who would say like okay so what i've got to do is i've got to stop thinking this way it's like no you don't have to it's not not mm -hmm. it's not that you gotta it's not that you need to you can you can continue thinking the way you think right now but you're going to continue to get the same response right so it's not it's not an obligation don't make it a should it's never going to work that way it actually has to be right here right now am i am i tired of judging myself into paralysis am i am i tired of holding on to what i think just for the sake of not feeling uncertain and that's a tricky one it's a catch-22 right because you're telling people like you will feel better about uncertainty by just embracing it well that doesn't help like, I want to feel better. It's like, it's not how that works, right? I, I remember um, one of my first posts when I was life coaching, uh, I don't know, about 10 years ago, was the difference between feeling better and getting better, right? Because you can go to the gym, right? And if it's about feeling better, you're going to pick up the weight that's comfortable. And as soon as you get to the weight that's not, you're going to put it down. And you're not going to try and push past that at all because it doesn't feel good, does it? No. But if you want to get better, you want to get stronger you have to go through that discomfort you have to pick up that heavier weight you have to push yourself beyond your limits and that's getting better but everybody's so focused on trying to feel better that you know we never push ourselves to that next weight because you know i couldn't lift it today and i can't stop thinking about myself so therefore i'm a failure it's never going to work out now i have this giant narrative just because i failed to pick up that weight once yeah yeah i think it's very interesting how you want to go through that and then like you mentioned with the the should or the have to it's like you give a piece of advice or something and they're like oh so i should do this or, or what should i do and there are a lot of people out there who do say you should do this or you have to if you want to do this and it's like i'm not saying you have to by any means and i'm not even saying that you should i'm just saying that you can if you want to and you're the only one 
who can. Nobody, and that's what it comes back to. And you talk about a lot is the responsibility aspect of it. Like for anything, really, it comes back to the responsibility and you don't have to take responsibility, but you will continue to suffer until you kind of realize that. Yeah, that's it, right? It's it's uncomfortable as hell, but it's more uncomfortable to avoid, mm-hmm. right? And that's, it, it's the difference between you know, tearing off the bandaid or letting the wound fester, right? And, and, and we don't want to tear off the bandaid because then we have to look at the wound. We have to come to, to grips with the fact that we've been putting it off, right? Like we, there's so much we have to deal with. And it, I, I remember one day I was, uh, I was buying weed <laughs> and I was sitting at my dealer's place. This was before it was legal. And there was another guy there and he was also buying, but he was a devout Christian. And so you know, I had a toke, we're talking, we're doing all that. And, and he tells me that he hasn't been able to see his son in 20 years. And it's because he was drunk and he had a criminal record and he lost custody of his kid way back when, and that he's never going to see his, his kid again. I'm like, well, your kid's got to be in his twenties now. Like surely you can reach out. He's like, no, no, it's just, he'd never forgive me. And, you know, I've got to ask Jesus for forgiveness. I have to ask God to forgive me before I can do anything. And it's like, okay, so what you've done is you've justified paralysis. You, you've basically just said, I'm not going to do anything. And it's because the universe hasn't told me I have permission to do so. And so you're asking for forgiveness for something that you're not willing to take accountability for. Like, how can you get forgiveness or feel forgiveness if you don't forgive yourself, if you don't understand why you're here? And the response was without even missing a beat. Nope, that's beyond my ability. That's, that's only, only up to Jesus. And that was the end of the conversation. And it was because I am comfortable in my discomfort. I, I am familiar with the devil that I know. And that, that's why it's called the devil we know, which is why I loved your video when, you're, when you responded to my, admittedly, I, I poked that question at you because it's fun. Um, what is the devil? And you responded, you know, it's the, it's the illusion of separation. It's, it's the perception of division. And, and that's very much true, which is why I really enjoy the, the biblical references to the devil as the father of lies, right? Because when you believe your idea of yourself, it's so convincing. It promises you control, just like Jesus is uh, 40 days in the desert, right? It promises all the kingdoms of the world. If you have control, if you identify, if you're morally superior, but it doesn't do anything except cause you pain and disconnection. It's that whole, uh, I'd rather reign in hell than serve in heaven, right? I'd rather think I have control. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Yeah. And, uh, the, uh, the reference to the devil. And then even you've talked a little bit about the story of Adam and Eve, which I've been very intrigued with and, you know, taking a bite out of the apple of knowledge of good and evil or the tree of knowledge, knowledge of good and evil and whatnot. And it's, it's interesting because what, what was the reference to the devil, the being of lies, the father of lies, father of lies. Yeah. And, and going back to good and bad, the idea that there is, good and bad and knowledge of good and bad or judgment when there is none it's all this non-duality and yet it's it's like the birth of this feeling of of separation and it was you know caused by the serpent devil or whatever they say but it 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 has these it's been taking taken so literally and even though there's a lot of people out there who say it's just this you know, they admit it's just a story. They're still taking it as a literal fake story as opposed to 
and analogous or you know whatever exactly that term is for what it actually is and, and the references and the symbolism of it um which is very very powerful and there's so just so many things and so many jesus's teachings that have just been flip turned yeah ass half ass backwards Always. that you know or have been taken just so so literally in so many ways and it it wasn't necessarily meant to be and I think that's what's led to a lot of the misunderstandings, it seems like. Well, because it's interesting, right? Because you may have noticed this in the last year or even the last two months, but there's a there's a switch that happens in, in our perception. It's almost like where we're sitting within our, our body changes. All of a sudden, it's not that we're, you know, in our body looking out through our eyes, but it's almost like we're sitting behind our eyes looking out at our at our reality. It's almost like we're in a different state of awareness like we've just sat in the back seat suddenly and we're looking around going this is a fun ride whereas before we couldn't even stop to admit it was a ride that was happening we were just so involved with it and so that perception that switch of going from a physical body to just an awareness of this of subjective reality is how the bible's encoded i'm absolutely certain of it is that if you can't see that you are awareness, the Bible makes no sense. I mean, look at uh, the, the very first commandment. Thou shalt hold no God before me. Well, that's exactly what I would write. Yeah. Right? As, as God. any awareness, as any awareness, I would say, put yeah. no concept of God before yourself. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I'd write. And that's exactly what the Ten Commandments are getting at, right? Like, um, look at the... so. Every, everything is, you know, Abrahamic religion when it comes to monotheism and monotheism for the most part. But there was the fact that Israel, which was the name that God bestowed, right, which meant, which was, you know, the whole people of Israel thing. Well, that name just means those who toil with God. Those who are in alignment with what is are the people of Israel. Those are the chosen people. It, it has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with your genetics. It has nothing to do with anything and everything to do with the fact that when you're in alignment with awareness, you're toiling with or as God. Yeah. Right. And so we we just get lost in this perception. No, no, God's got to be this external being dude in the sky with a list of shit that I'm not supposed to do. And it's like that that's a lovely, comforting thought. If you need to judge other people that will justify your judgment, because then you can say, no, he judges, too. Right. But that's the only purpose it has. Yeah. And aside that's... from that, everything's our avoidance of death. Yeah, it's just really just foisting that responsibility onto everything else. And it was interesting when you when you mentioned like that that shift of awareness. I've definitely felt that in the last two months. This idea of it's almost like it was like environment, and then Andrew and me are here. It's like I'm at the level of the skin or whatever. And now it's like environment, Andrew, me here. And I'm aware of both Andrew and his environment being everything else as all as one happening. And he, rather than Andrew being the observer and the universe being the observed, I am the observer, Andrew and his environment is the observed, which is how I have seen it. But I've certainly experienced more and more almost every day, this feeling of 
awareness of Andrew to the point that in a lot of my videos, I'll refer to Andrew in the third person, which people find strange, but it's hard to describe. And it's even hard to explain and, and make. I found it difficult for a good couple of weeks to make videos in the same way that I was because I was using these terms so differently now. And then I realized that it's, it's just easier to communicate through the way that it can best be received because there is still value if you're if you are explaining things in an identified way to people and there is a process of getting there i believe certainly so so i got back to you know explaining things and using my name and you and and saying it in ways that i feel like we're still separate even though i know we're not just to better communicate. And that's essentially it. Like you've said is far less confusing. Is, yeah, for sure. But it's, it's been interesting because I did have a tough time for a little while and my only videos for a good week after that sort of like realization was about this idea of not being the human you've been conditioned to believe that you are. And it's simply an illusion. Yeah. Well, and that's it. Right. And it's, it's interesting. I, I find I go through waves and I, I think you'll probably do the same where I'll have just a span of time where all of a sudden the, the insights hit me over and over and over again. And people will call that a download. I just look at it as me being in a state where there's less stress and more time to, to just kind of relax and allow myself to absorb exactly how much I've absorbed. Um, and then that'll go deep and you'll get so deep into it that people will start going, okay, I'm not sure if I'm following this. And you're like, it doesn't matter. This is awesome. I'm going. And, and you just keep going. And then you come back a little bit later and you go, okay, now let's unpack that. <laughs> let's look at how that actually works out from the beginning to the end. Because you know, you're, you're too busy down at the end of the road to worry about the first few steps, right? And, and sometimes you have to do that just to get more familiar with the path. But uh, not everybody's going to understand you when you do that which is great. And it's funny because like one post I made a little while ago, I, I don't remember, it was one of my short ones, which are usually the ones you have to watch out for because the short ones are the ones where I'm like, oh, this is very good. And I'm just going to leave it at this. Um, that at some point we come, we become aware that the only thing that we are aware of is our awareness and that the entirety of the universe that we are quote unquote aware, not aware of is our awareness. That there is nothing to us except our awareness. We don't know anything but our awareness and we never have everything else is hearsay you know this is um talking to people on uh who explored psychedelics i've often said do yourself a favor next time you do that ask yourself if you wouldn't if you weren't here would anything else be and that just sets the tone because normally in a sober state of mind we just go well of course and we disregard it and that's the end of the conversation right but when you start looking at it and you start questioning it's like hold on a second in, on, in all honesty, the only thing I know is everything from the moment that I came into existence. This could all be a dream. All of these people could just be an extension of myself. None of this could be what it appears to be. It's like, oh, what about history? Still hearsay. Mm -hmm. Still hearsay, regardless of how many books or dinosaur bones or blah, blah, blah. The fact is, the only thing I know is my existence. And yeah. that conversation is what make pe makes people go running for the hills because that means that you are alone. Right? And you are forever 
that that's the thing that really trips people up and is like because yeah. we think of it in terms of identity all of a sudden it's like this makes me feel very lonely it's like right because you're still thinking about yourself as separate mm -hmm. that's the only place that loneliness comes in so so this is something i don't know if i quite I don't know if I'm completely following you at this part. So, cause I posted, I remember I posted a video maybe a month or so ago talking about how I'm the awareness and so are you. And I'm aware of the voice inside of Andrew's head, no differently than I'm aware of a tree or I'm aware of the ground that he is standing on no differently than I'm aware of something on his body hurting, mm -hmm. something like that. So the awareness stays the same. And I think you commented something like, but you are the aware of the awareness or the awareness of that awareness. So it's like one more yep. step. So, so how does that? Yeah. So like the tree, for example, that you are aware of is aware of itself, right? The tree is aware of itself in whatever capacity that that is, is expressed because it's not human. So it doesn't have a human brain. It doesn't think of itself as, you know, my tree, Bob. It doesn't do that, right? But it is aware of itself. It's aware of the feeling of the sun against it. It's aware of the wind. It's aware when it loses disconnection with the roots or the, or the ground. It's aware of these things. So the problem that we have is that we tend to separate Andrew's awareness or the awareness of Andrew from the awareness of the tree, right? Because as much as you're experiencing awareness of the tree, the, the tree is also experiencing awareness of itself, but neither Andrew or the tree are real. It's the same awareness. It's the exact same awareness. It's kind of like um, how mushrooms grow. Uh, mushrooms grow from mycelium, right? Mycelium is underneath the ground. And it, it, mycelium is the reason that we have lush forests and that we have soil that, that's so healthy. But mushrooms themselves are actually just the fruit. They're not the plant. Mushrooms just sprout from mycelium. And so each, each mushroom is an expression of the same mycelium. It comes from the same place. It has the same potential. It's just expressed differently, but it's connected despite its perception of being disconnected, right? Each mushroom is connected to the other mushrooms, even though they're not intimately aware of each other's experience. It's the same thing with all of us. We're all connected by the same mycelium. We are all the same eye, right? We just have the perspective of division. So when, and, and this is something you really experience in coaching, or it's something you uh, experience in a lot of physical therapies where you let go of the idea of yourself and you find yourself having an intuitive connection to people. And it's because your awareness and theirs is the same awareness. It's just our, our holding on to the divisions that cause so much distortion and so much confusion, right? Every time you have, an, uh, have a moment of, of genuine empathy with somebody, it's because your walls come down and you're able to see yourself in that person. That's the whole thing. You can see yourself in that person because you are that person. That's the whole reason. That's why you can empathize. That's why I always say that regardless of what form you take, if you can have this conversation about the, the um, relationship between the observer and the observed, you're always going to have this conversation because it's the universal experience of everything that is aware because everything is the same awareness. Yeah. Now, again, uh... I spent 20 years and, and, and mm -hmm. just, just unpacking this. And, and I know you're saying like, I don't know if I fully get that, neither do I. Yeah. What I can say is that in my moments of clarity, yeah, it rings through. The deeper, the deeper it goes, the more clear I become, the more it, obvious it is that the entirety of reality is just 
one thing. It's just when you've said it many, many times, it's just, it's difficult to let go of me. It's yeah. difficult to and let go of the idea of me. I, I, I think I pretty close to fully understand the idea that we're all the same thing. It's, it's interesting. Like when people will ask, well, how can we be the same? Like, is it just that strong of an illusion that I feel like, you know, right now I'm waving Andrew's right hand and you can't wave my right hand. Oddly enough, right, I just did. Right now. <laughs> or the thoughts, the thoughts inside of my head, I can hear them. Right. And I'm hearing them can. as you. But you see, that's the point, right? We get caught up in the idea of you and me being separate. Like suddenly you being able to experience yourself somehow negates the fact that you're also me, right? You can't experience what Ray's experiencing because Ray's busy experiencing it and you're busy being Andrew. It's really tricky because, and here's the paradoxical bit, right? Because we talk about everything being one, but we're still talking physically, right? We're still talking about the division between you and me, the, the, the perception of distance, right? That, that there's air and oxygen and, 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 and physical land between us. But reality works in a very different way than that. Like as much as that is true, that there is the physical, there is also the completely subjective. And the subjective is that without you here, there is no observed. Without the observer, there is no observed. And this is where reality gets really tricky, right? Because when you think of it in just terms of, of one being, let's just break it down to one being. So the void, which is why, why Genesis is such an interesting story, right? So we have the void, we have nothing, or rather we have the potential for everything. It's just unity. It could be anything, but it's not currently anything. It's just potential, right? In that comes the split, the perceptual split. It's not an actual split. It's just within that potential, there's the potential for the unity to observe itself as separate, right? So now you have the subjective reality of an objective reality. You have the observer and the observed, and they, they, they create each other. They are the same thing. They're not disconnected, right? So that is reality in a nutshell. That's your existence. You are not separate from your, from your reality. The observer and the observed are one. Your awareness is reality itself. The paradoxical bit is that everything that is in the universe comes from you being the observer of the observed. So I'm within your consciousness. Everybody else is within your consciousness. Everybody else is within your awareness and you're within ours. And that's the paradoxical bit is that we're all within one another's awareness and we experience it as a physical universe. And that's how messed up this is, which is why science is having so much problems trying to explain physical distance, why everything is connected. And, and again, the, the whole multi-universe theory or, or multiple timelines or, or uh, alternate realities, because all of this stuff is real. All of its stuff is possible. We, we can't explain why we can't just jump from one reality to another. And that's, that's the age old question. It's like, why, why can't I? And it's like, is it just because I'm so committed to this? Exactly what you asked. Is it just because this seems so real? And that's what you know, your shamans of, of ages past have tried to, to get past. That's why the, um, the indigenous uh, tribes of Australia call this the dream time. They actually look at this as the dream time. There are tribes in Africa, same thing, that we are multidimensional travelers who got trapped in an illusion. These are all old tribal myths way before science. 
So it, it's not a new conversation, right? But it comes back down to that question of what is possible? Exactly how real is this? And if I continue to question it, does that change the influence that we have over the observed? The more we break down that, that division between the observer and the observed, what does that change? What is possible for us as a species or us as an awareness, which is a better question, right? This is where magic comes in. This is where all of this interesting, mysterious stuff starts to come into the conversation because uh -huh. you can't, this is where reality becomes more fun because all of a sudden everything is questionable, mm -hmm. right? Even the nature of our own existence, because yeah. I'll admit, I don't know I exist. And, and I mean that completely. I know that there is existence. I know that I'm experiencing existence and I experience choice, but I also know that all of my choices are the result of the influences that I've had before now. And that, you know, because of those influences altering my choice, I can't necessarily say that my choice is separate from the will of the whole. And if my choice isn't separate from the will of the whole, then there's no real me, in which case it's just the whole and that's me. So it just keeps coming full circle back to your existence. Yeah, that that got through. I, I get that. I think that's something, the idea of whether or not we have free will, I think helps supplement this explanation pretty well. And the idea that there was never a choice, it seems like. It was like there were infinite possibilities, which happened. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and the the story you mentioned of Genesis and how, you know, infinite possibilities and it unified whole becoming just not separate, but this illusion of separateness and the observer and the observed being the same thing still, but it's like, I don't know, molded maybe into this idea of, you know, instead of being a unified whole now it looks like a tree and there's you know leaves on one side and leaves on the other and they're all the tree they're all the unified whole it just seems like you know they're different because you know the wind's blowing on one side that one's moving it thinks it's moving but it's right. it's not it's it's the wind happening which who knows where that comes from somewhere else right. probably and the other one's not moving so it's like hey i'm waving my hand over here why how can i do this and you can't wave my hand over here and it's like that yeah, doesn't take away from the fact that you're still the tree and so I think, yeah, the idea of, so when it comes to free will, because I think I've heard you talk about how like we do and we don't mm -hmm. from the idea of being a unified whole, there was an infinite, you know, possibilities and we, we, it, I don't know what the term is created an illusion of separateness or illusion of separateness manifested and here we are you know years and years and years etc here we are i can't tell and, you how much i enjoy the fact that you're experiencing my hell in trying to uh, communicate this with language <laughs> so I'm, i just i just wanted to say that that uh, this is exactly how i feel and the reason i've been so quiet for so long is, is because yeah. it's not an easy subject yeah Right. It's, it's really not. It is fun. I, uh... well, that's it. it. It's fun. And but it requires courage. It, it requires a good deal of courage to even entertain the idea that there aren't other people.
right? Mm-hmm. And and you have to you have to be willing to to go beyond you know the conventional idea of sanity, right? Like that, I've yeah. often said that awareness lies on the edge of sanity. I mean, you <laughs> have you have to let go of the idea of being sane and insane in order to see what's there, because there's no such thing as insanity or or sanity, right? Like it's just we're just talking about cherry picking perspectives is what we like and what we don't like. It's like what you were saying about good and bad, right? Our perspective of good and bad always comes back down to what's pleasant or unpleasant for us. Yeah. <laughs> That's at the end of the day. And so because we view ourselves as separate, because we view ourselves as, as divided, death is terrifying. And so to us, everything that has to do with death is bad. Yeah. Right. Whereas yeah. there are other cultures that never looked at death. In, in that way, they looked at it as something that had to happen. Krishnamurti's journal was actually a good person, a good uh, place to look for that because watching a funeral procession one day in India and there was all the mourning and the sadness. And he was just thinking, like, it's such a shame that that we can't recognize this is the inevitability of so much joy that that this in itself is something to almost celebrate because it's the end of a journey or it's the beginning of another journey. It's, it's the, the completion of a ripple that causes other ripples to happen. Like we, we, we lose that because we focus on what we're attached to. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to get, uh, we're going to get to, to certain places on this podcast, I'm sure, but. Oh yeah. Hopefully. Do you, oh, for <laughs> do sure. you, <laughs> So do you think in that sense of Krishnamurti's explanation there that we almost like over try to overprotect to the degree that, you know, everyone thinks death is objectively this horrible thing. I mean, I post that and I get a ton of DMs saying killing. That's like the one response. Death is horrible. Death of, of loved ones and whatnot. And so do you think we almost have become this society that's like overvalued yeah. life, like individual well, lives. Control. Or, I would say yeah. we overvalue control. And it's interesting, you know, cause I, I did a video a long time ago uh, when I first started TikTok, just kind of talking about how intention, um, you know, the path, to, it's a, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, the reason we started agriculture was because up until that point we had to live, by the will of the land around us. If there wasn't enough food from year to year, our population diminished as a result. And that's what kept us in balance. Um, And then we learned agriculture and suddenly we had that taste of control. And so now we could just farm more food and less people in our tribe would die, which had to be a good thing, right? Like where nobody's dying, that's a bad thing. So people living has got to be a good thing. But then you look about a thousand years later and that that tribe that people aren't dying in is suddenly amassed into many tribes that are 10,000 strong and they're running out of land to grow food on. So now they're looking at their neighbor's territory who haven't been farming, who have smaller people who are still in balance and they have to take over that territory. So all of a sudden now, in the name of not dying, we are killing and we're justifying killing because we want their land. This is something, again, Krishnamurti said is that progress is inevitably being fully armed on enemy lines. And eventually you need to expand into other territory because progress never ends. The entire concept of progress is that we're always needing more. We're always doing more. It's like, when is enough enough, right? So in our pursuit of avoiding death, we perpetuate death. Right. In our in our pursuit of, of avoiding loss, we create more loss. 
and, and there's a balance in that. You know, that's why the indigenous tribes in North America, they always looked at things in terms of centered seven generations, right? Like if we're going to make a decision that's going to change how our tribe lives, whether it's, you know, we're going to start uh, farming oysters or we're going to start, you know, um, cutting down this particular part of the forest, which of course is not the point. But if we're going to do something, we need to consider how this is going to affect life seven gen generations down the road. And that's why, you know, we look at their progression as a tribe to be a slow progression technologically. But the fact is, is that they didn't end up causing huge amounts of wars. They didn't pollute the crap out of the, the earth. They didn't, you know, create an economy that became more important than their humanity. And it was because they, they lived within the idea that death is going to happen. But because we come from the earth and we return to the earth, we're never really dying, right? And that's why there was all of this respect for their ancestors. There was a respect for the, our, our, their predecessors, the stories of before, right? It was because they saw themselves in the, as an extension of it rather than it happened before now. And if I die now, it's all over. And that's a Christian thing, right? Or rather, that's, that's an egotistical thing. I, my old programming is there. I don't like Christianity. I've said that many times, <laughs> right? But I feel like that about, about most monotheistic religions because... We focus on death like it's the point. Like a Christian's highest aspiration is often to die because that's when they'll meet yeah. Jesus. And that's terrifying and really sad because they're missing the entire point or they're missing the kingdom, as it were, waiting for the kingdom that they're going to die and they have to start over again anyway. Yeah. Might as well enjoy it while you're here. Exactly. Yeah. I. Uh... Yeah, the idea of it, it's all a lot of what we just talked about is kind of tied together. The idea of, of thinking we have this idea of control and thinking that we know what's best. And we have all these ideas of what's best and the right thing to do. And if we just do this, things will be good. And it's like, even when it comes to like, you know, we're not getting into the topic we discussed, we're not going to get into, but something like, you know, curing cancer, for example, you know, objectively good thing, many would say, or curing, say, 10 of the most deadly diseases, all of a sudden, we have a population issue, yeah. kind of like the same thing with the tribes, you know, yeah. discovering agriculture, and all of a sudden, there's not enough land and too many people, and they start killing each other. So it's like, people get so stuck on this idea of control and knowing, knowing what's best. And even down to the littlest thing of, you know, getting worried about a job interview, thinking, you know, that job is the best thing for you. And it's like, that job could be a horrible way to spend the next two years. And if you do a, you know, you don't get it, then you might, you know, find a job you do like. Yeah. And then it's like, well, then what do I do? It's just like, do your best and don't worry. <laughs> exactly. Just you know, shut up, move forward. That's pretty much yeah. it. That's, uh, yeah. you know, try, try to relax as best you can. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's just like a, a car accident, right? You're going to get injured less the more relaxed you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bracing, <laughs> trying to control how little moves inside of your body. <laughs> but that's it, right? And that's what we do with life. We, we yeah. build a little cage. We're like, I'm prepared now. It's like, no, yeah. you're brittle. <laughs> yeah. so you're easy to break that's yeah. the that's the problem right and this is why jesus's whole thing of the meek shall inherit inherit the earth right the meek are those who just adapt to the change they don't worry about their preferences and their and their opinions it's this is just what is this is what needs to be done now regardless of my belly aching or what i want to happen 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's just living in what is, but yeah, it's interesting. It's, um, we are going to continue to have this problem so long as we don't recognize that we're all one, because that's the thing about our fear of death is it really does stem from our overcommitment to the perception that we're divided, right? Like you asked me if I'm afraid of death and I said, I'm not. And, and to be honest with you, the reason I'm not is because if I died right now, I would continue on as you and everybody else. Right. And that's, that's the whole reason I'm not afraid of death because I'm not Ray. Right. I experience Ray, but that's not me. Yeah. So this idea, cause a lot of people at, say, they'll say like, you know, we're spiritual beings experiencing a human. And it's like, that's the same exact thing as just being a human. Essentially. It's just, maybe you have less anxiety about it because you feel like you're not a human, but you're still an individual divided. And it's like, well, no, we're, we're pieces of source. And it's like, to me, that seems closer. It's closer. But yeah, but it's still, you know, the spiritual being having a human experience. It's like, that's just like the same thing, just on a different sort of parallel Big time. path. Yep. You know, I, I've said the same. I actually, I got a lot of hate for uh, a comment or a video I made, I think probably a month or two after you started following me, but it was something along the lines that um, spirituality is not the same as awakening right? Spirituality is just another exercise in ego because it still perceives a division. It still perceives a me and the thing that I believe in or me and the thing that, it, that I, I'm an extension of. And, and again, we all, it always comes back down to this. And I'm saying that all religion, all spiritual conversations, all conversations about awareness are going to revolve around the same very un, uncomfortable insight that it's really just you. And, you know, we, we try to avoid that. We're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. It's like, okay, so what you've done is you've taken out some of the fear in perceiving yourself as a strictly physical being, which is great. And it means if you die, you're not going to die because you're not just your body. That's good. That's lower the amount of stress in your life. That's fantastic. Now let's take it. Let's go an even step further and, and say that we don't even know what human being means. Right. Because I don't at the end of the day, I can describe it. I can describe the physicality of it, right? But I can't describe the conscious things that I'm that are available to me. I can't describe what's possible with this body. And we know that. We know that the body is capable of doing things that we still don't understand. Like there have been spontaneous healings. There have been all kinds of evidence that there in uh, non-local awareness, like to be able to separate a part of a person's body, move it miles away, and then conduct a test on that person and have that person's body respond miles away at the exact same time implies that there is more happening than we are willing to look at, right? Because everything is connected. And so we, we were like, oh, I'm a human being. Like that answers the question. Like that does anything at all. It's all that's done is describe the form, mm-hmm. right? Like all I've done is limited myself to the form. I don't believe I'm a human being. I don't believe I'm anything. I'm just, I'm just here that whatever that might mean, I'm just here. And, and any concept I put on that is me just wanting to feel more comfortable. I just want to put in a box. That's all it is. And, mm-hmm. and as soon as I do, I'm in a prison. What, what about the I- idea of awareness? Even that it's just an yeah. idea, right? The description is never the described. And, and mm-hmm. again, this is the reason I really enjoy talking to you is because that question there 
is deeply uncomfortable for people. Like you just took all of the certainty that I offered our listeners in providing a nice conceptual ribbon and you just open that package back up and you're like, okay, well, hold on a second. That's not an answer either. And you're right, it's not because we are not awareness. Awareness is just a word trying to describe the nature of, our, of what we are or what we perceive ourselves to be, right? And it's the closest we get. I used to use the word consciousness, right? But that caused all kinds of merry hell for me because as soon as I use the word consciousness, people think human consciousness. They think the way we think, right? Whereas awareness is just the basic awareness of being. It doesn't have to involve thought or identity or concepts or anything else, right? Like a plant is aware, like I was saying. So if we can break that down, if we can really look at the most basic elements of, of what awareness is, then we at least start to revolve around the point. But as you so eloquently pointed out, it's not the point, right? The point is still so, what remains underneath. Yeah. So it's almost, it's just like, just what is sort of, and, and I feel like that's maybe the closest because I've been using awareness because I think that's the closest I've come to how it feels sort of just an awareness there's nothing about it there's no form thoughts ideas and yet as I say awareness it's still just a thought idea word just like everything else but I think you know I think it's maybe a little bit closer but I guess the description of just you know we are what is we are what is and everything else is just is us trying to describe it or appreciate it or communicate it or or you know come to some kind of an idea of what it is but this is why our show is so appropriately named because it's dualistic unity it's the fact that it's all one thing that we experience in duality that we perceive mm -hmm. in duality and and that's the gift see that's the thing is that and this is a common a common sentiment in spiritual crowd is you know, this is my last incarnation on this planet. I'm done. Once I've learned all the lessons this time, and, and I always have the same expression on my face, like, like buckle up, your eternity. Like, you, you don't get to leave. You just get to experience everything. So it's either you're going to do something with this lifetime or you're not. Um, but this is not all there is, right? So you can get caught up in it or, or, or not. And, and oddly enough, it's when we stop getting caught up in the story we tell ourselves that we get the, ch the chance to change it. You know, we can actually make different decisions as soon as we start to let go of what we think our path is because mm -hmm. we're just blinding ourselves. Um, recently watched a movie, Free Guy. I don't know if you've seen it with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I haven't, not yet. I do, I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan. My God, the movie's brilliant. It's just brilliant. And I'm not gonna ruin it for you, but it's very much this conversation in a symbolic form. It's really about seeing what's, in, what's been in front of us the entire time when we let go of the narrative that we think is real. And that's, that's unity at the end of the day. Every religion has said the same thing. It's just seeing past the division. It's just, well, every religion, every spiritual person who has become aware of themselves. Usually those are the people that religions are formed from. So I'm not going to give religion the same credit because religion just works off of other people's hard work. But, you know, the people that religions are based upon are usually the people who have went, oh, this isn't anything like we think it is. You know, that's why often those people were just weird, you know, in general, like you had prophets who were walking around naked or, or walking around, you know, dirty half the time. And it's because they didn't care. They were too busy being full of fire at seeing what was in front of them. And our, our culture would put those people in a rubber room. 
Yeah, seriously. I know. I think about that sometimes. If, you know, if there was ever a second coming of Christ or something, would they ever, would they ever notice? (laughs) Given what he was actually saying, it's like, it's almost the opposite of, especially with in the, in the West, how, you know, westernized jesus has become you know he's like this white jesus yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's it's like he's this middle eastern dude who's like probably did a ton of drugs and figured shit out it's like yeah he's he's become this good schoolboy who happened to have long hair yeah we're gonna ignore the fact that he you know kicked over a table and started whipping people in a temple right (laughs) by far my favorite jesus story right it's just it's like okay so obviously he still had opinions obviously he's still and and, you know i haven't made this tiktok post as yet but it'd be a good conversation for our next podcast i'm sure um contrary to what christians would like to say i think jesus screwed up I, i think that jesus screwed up i think that he missed he missed the window i i think that to some degree what he was saying was true. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That I, and we are all the same I, is the only way, truth, and life that there will ever be, that we're all the same thing. But that he kept saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And as a result of being surrounded by egotistical people, they went, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I think that it would be more effective, as we are doing now, to tell everybody else, you are the way, the truth, and the life you are far more important than my perspective of me you know and that was the one thing that really changed for me between my video in 2005 which you mentioned at the beginning of the show and now was that back in 2005 there was still a lot of me there was still a lot of i am awareness i am the universe i am all that's changed is that i'm less and less attached to the idea of i oddly enough that's made things a lot easier for me <laughs> uh-huh yeah i can imagine there's not not too many fears and worries coming to that realization because right. yeah. i mean what's the worst that can happen i adapt yeah yeah exactly huh yeah hmm. i think this would be a good place to end episode one this has been a great conversation and as our Sounds listeners good. can tell we are going to get about as deep into stuff as we can. We're going to try and avoid the, the really uncomfortable bits because I know that, that we're going to get some backlash for that, but we're going to skirt around them as much as we can. We're going to really deep dive on, on a lot of this stuff because it's not a conversation that you really get to have in your day-to-day life. Um, I've run across maybe a half dozen people in the last 20 years that I can talk to about this stuff. And even then it's only to a certain, to a certain limit. So I understand that there are going to be things that we're going to talk about on this show that aren't going to sit well with everybody, but I would ask that they give us a little bit of patience and indulgence because given enough time, we will eventually bridge that gap and make it make sense from both perspectives. So it's really just about exploring it and, and, and coming back to the idea that there's nothing wrong with questioning so long as we're not trying to hold on to an answer. Exactly. And I think on that, point um for people listening if you are you know specifically curious about a certain thing feel free you know dm us comment on 
posts about this questions that you have specifically if there was something that was said it's like oh, i kind of get this but can you spend a little bit more time and you know we'd be happy to discuss further i think there's just there's an infinite amount of things that we're going to get into on here barely scratching the surface and i know i'm incredibly excited me too to i'm so excited and again the less that we we think about ourselves the more our audience is an extension of us and we're all going to have this conversation together we're having one collective conversation with ourselves exactly awesome that's really good